happen, let's say you called up your insurance company or if you called somebody at this network to ask them, you know, you say, hey, look, I found these 10 doctors on your website. I want to know which one is the best. I want to know which one is the worst. And I want to know, you know, what, where, you know, how, what are you doing to evaluate and figure out who, how, how these, how, how proficient these doctors are at their job. And the answer that you're going to get when, if you do that is, well, we can't tell you that's part of our closed door negotiated contract is we can't tell you that we also, that just to take it a step further, because I know this will be a follow-up question. We can't tell you what they're going to charge you, right? We can't, tell you what they're going to actually bill you until you go in and have that service done. Or they'll tell you, well, it depends on the insurance card that's in your pocket, right? If you're with one insurance carrier over another, there's going to be a different build rate, you know? And so, um, you know, that's what we can strip away all of that. When we design a plan, um, we can tell you who the highest quality doctors are. And when you opt in and decide to go work with those doctors rather than just take literally anybody who's in the phone book. Um, that's when we can do some really creative things in terms of eliminating co-pays, deductibles, you know, those types of things. Welcome to the Rockstars Rocking Podcast, powered by Voluntary Disruption, a show dedicated to people who are crushing their business and life goals. These are bite-sized conversations with leading rock stars in their respective industry who are pumped to share their story to help drive you to the next level. So, are you ready to rock? Speaking of rock stars, here's your host, Eric Silverman. Hey, rock stars, welcome back to another episode of Rock Stars Rockin', where every week I bring you the rockin' rock stars. And boy, do I have a rock star this week. Uh, everybody, welcome my good friend Chris Wolpert out of the Pacific Northwest, the greater Seattle area, I believe the Tacoma area to be specific. Chris, what's up, brother? Hey, Eric, how's it going? Hey, man, I am living the dream, doing better by the minute because I have you on the show. See, I know how to butter up my oh, guests, yeah. everybody. Um, <laughs> Chris, for those of you that don't know or are not aware of Chris, Chris is the founder of Group Benefit Solutions, otherwise known as GBS, uh, to his friends and his clients and his prospects. And, um, you know, Chris is in the insurance employee benefits world. And um, he's really doing some clever, creative things that I, I really want to dig into right away. Um, so uh, based on that, Chris, do you mind if I just dig in and ask you some questions so we can let our listeners uh, hear all the cool things you're up to? Let's do it, man. Enough small talk. Awesome. Let's go. So, so a lot of uh, a lot of folks don't have the entrepreneurial bug uh, that you and I have, and I just find it fascinating that you know you started on the other side of the insurance world, not the employee benefits world, uh, insurance side. You started in the property and casualty world as a claims rep for a large insurance company. Um, you were uh, then you moved over to be a damage adjuster in the same industry, property and casualty. Um, you went on to become a financial rep or a financial advisor. Um, and then all of a sudden, you just had the idea. You said, you know what? I'm going to throw caution to the wind, take a leap of faith. And uh, I just want to do this on my own. And I'm not just going to do it on my own in the property and casualty world, which I'm used to. I'm going to take a stab at an entire different industry that I really don't know much about. Um, 
and I could be wrong on that. I don't know how much you knew or not. So um, first off, kudos to you because not everybody uh, gets out of the employee world to go do it on their own and become their own boss and live the American dream to become an entrepreneur. Um, where did that come from, man? You just woke up one day and said, I'm sick of this nonsense and I want to do it on my own? Yep, it was that simple. It was overnight. No. Um, well, it, it, it even goes back further than that, really, Eric, um, is, you know, when I was when I went to college, um, you know, I'd always kind of have little little jobs here and there and stuff like that. I was a paper boy growing up. So I always always excited about did you have one of those newspaper hats, the little, you know, newsy hats? You know, I, I can't describe no, it. Uh, I can I'm picture not, that. I'm not that old, bro. Come on. Oh, OK, just checking. Um, but yeah, no, so I delivered newspapers. So I guess that does date me to some degree. But um, anyways, um, you know, I went to, yeah, I, I, you know, really just enjoyed doing that, enjoyed being my own boss. And you kind of are when you have your, when you have a route like that. But um, I actually went to college um, to study journalism. And I really wanted to be um, a sports writer. And course then of course I, you know I get all the way through college and and all that and I get to my final um, semester uh, I did an internship where I actually got to be a sports writer and what I found in that process of doing that internship is that I didn't want to do that as a career anymore um, and so but it took me to the end of my four years to figure that out so that's why I took I took the job that was going to pay me the most and seemed like it would be the most exciting. And that was in the insurance industry. And so that's, that was my unexciting start to, to doing that. Um, you know, and, and, but back to being a sports writer, you know, I, I did love writing, but what I really didn't like was um, a, just that as a career, but B, the other thing that was going on at that time, this was 2005. So at that time I had a Facebook account, but this is when it was still just, the Facebook, and when you could only have it what, because you were a college student or because you had that .edu um, address. So again, also kind of dates me, I guess. Did you have a Did you have a MySpace account too? I did. I did. I probably still do. I should <laughs> dig that up. But um, uh, anyways, um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so um, at, at the time, I just couldn't quite see exactly what the future was going to hold for the media industry, and I just kind of felt like you know what. You know, I, I just want a job that's got pay and benefits and vacation time and all of those things, right? All those things that 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 we run away from when we start our own our own company. Um, and so, I and and that was part of that was another very eye opening experience having worked for a, a Fortune 100 um, insurance company, insurance carrier. And I remember having to ask permission for certain days off and being told, no, you know, you've got all this vacation time, but then it's like, nobody Can't wants you to it. use it. That's the untold secret behind that. So um, anyway, so had started to kind of look at, all right, what kind of business could I actually start? And I wanted to get out of the insurance industry was how all this started. And so looked for a few different avenues to do that. Didn't really find any moved to a different company, basically doing the same job, um, but just really unsatisfied, unhappy with my career as it was at the time, and, uh, and felt like I would, I would do better in a, in a sales role, um, and liked the flexibility of a sales role, and liked that additional, um, the potential to earn additional income based on how you perform in a sales role. And so that's what uh, initially got me into um, doing the financial advising was 
I didn't want to do anything on the PNC side because I'd seen the claims end of that um, and really wanted to get into the uh, health, life, and um, investments and disability and things like that. So that's what I did. So that was kind of, that was the big initial jump for me was to go from being a W-2 salaried employee who's punching in and out of a clock every day uh, to being a salesperson who's got more control over my time, um, or at least you're led to believe that. But of course, you're, you're working harder um, for less money, at least in the beginning. Um, and then to then made the pivot into after I saw what happened when the ACA passed, and there was a number of people who were getting out of the industry that the sky was falling and all kinds of things. And I kind of spotted that as an opportunity. And at that point, um, I'd had about four or five years, maybe four and a half years of experience doing uh, the life and health and, uh, and investment planning and, and those things more on an individual basis. Um, I joined up with a firm that was, that was focused on on health insurance from soup to nuts. So it was, they were doing individual, they were doing Medicare, Medicaid, you know, those types of things. Um, they were doing work on the exchange um, and they were also doing group benefits. And um, having spent a few years there, I really kind of gravitated to that group benefit side of the house um, because what I saw from the ACA was that suddenly the, de the deck had been reshuffled and nobody, there was nobody that had more experience than, than anybody uh, in dealing with this new, this new world we were in, right? So, um, you know, I saw that as an advantage, and I also saw what was taking place. Um, and I know we'll get into this later in the conversation, but um, uh, somebody in, in the industry had gifted me a book of uh, Nelson Griswold and Scott Cantrell's book, Do or Die. Um, and at this point, that's when I really started to kind of see what the future was going to look like um, in this in, in in the industry that you and I are in, and what we're in now. And, uh, and, and what that opportunity was really gonna, was, was gonna be and where some things were being done that maybe hadn't been done in the past prior to the ACA. So um, anyways, I don't know if you wanted that big long explanation, but- No, no, it. it's great. It, it, it's exactly what I wanted because that kind of leads us to that next question that, that I, I really wanna talk about is you've become super, um, uh, super passionate about eliminating out-of-pocket uh, costs for employees yep. um, while having them have access to the highest of quality care in the healthcare world, um, all while, frankly, um, uh, lowering or reducing a significant amount of money that the employers, where these employees are, 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 are working, the employer spends. So we're, you're lowering the employer spend. Um, and what I find the most fascinating to be blunt and, and I'm in the insurance world, but I'm not in your side of the industry. Um, you even talk about a lot, how you guarantee results. You're able to put your, uh, you're willing and able to put your compensation at risk for employers who really candidly, they may not, they might not believe you because every sales guy in the insurance world is going to knock on their door and tell them, Oh, we'll save you money. You're, you're, you're put up or shut up. You're willing to put your money where your mouth is. So can you talk about, uh, what you're doing these days, um, briefly about, you know, how, how group benefit solutions, your company is, is, is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned, you know, our, our mission, and that's, that really is in our mission statement is to eliminate employees out of our pocket expenses. while simultaneously guiding them to the highest quality care. Now, I will tell you that not every company is ready to just jump in and do that right from the start. So 
we've kind of got, we've got different stages that, that we work people through, depending on what their risk tolerance is, depending on what uh, the, the amount of employee noise they're, they're willing to um, take on or they're kind of like a, uh, like a, like a, uh, a crawl, walk, run type thing, right? Is that yeah. what I'm hearing? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, but you know, what, what it helps us do is it, it really, we're putting our message out there about what we do best. And that, that is really what we do best. And so when we're putting out there, what we do best, what we find is that it attracts to us those folks that want to do that. And maybe they had no idea it's, it's totally an aspirational thing at that point, because maybe they had no idea that that type of strategy existed because they always see it as kind of this binary choice between, well, if you're telling me that I'm going to eliminate some out-of-pocket expenses, then what you're talking about is the premium is going to be much higher. Or, um, you know, if we're going to have a focus on quality, then we're going to be telling people which doctors and facilities they can go to. Um, and I'm here to say that that is absolutely 100% unequivocally not the case. I am always going to be an advocate for people having more choice and for having a plan design that incentivizes good decisions. And in good decisions, I mean decisions that are, that are thought through, that you've got all of the information that you need in order to make that decision. So we're gonna arm you with the information, allow you to make the decision as the employee about what you're gonna do. And the ones that do opt in and that do go down the path of going to higher quality doctors, facilities, outpatient clinics, whatever the case is, um, those folks are going to have no deductible, no co-insurance, no co-pays, you know, what, what have you. So um, it's almost like you're steering them and you're, you're incentivizing them to make the right choice that frankly is in their best interest anyway, right? It, well, it is. And I don't like the term steerage only because I think there's some connotations behind it. I, I, you know, I don't have any problem with it. I just find. I mean, that you could use any. I agree. You could use any word: steer, uh, push, uh, encourage. But, but at the end of the day, it's all in their best interest. It, it, it is. And, and the, the point I always really do like to emphasize and try to leave people with is that we design the plan this way. There's really there's not any kind of magic sauce or secret sauce or whatever to it. It's this is how we design the plan. So even for those folks that don't decide that they want to do that. They've just, they've, they trust their doctor implicitly. They're only going to go to him or her. And that's that. That's completely fine. You can do that. You're just going to engage with the plan the same way that you do now, meaning that you'll pay your copay, you'll pay your deductible or wh whatever the case is. Um, but we simply provide you the options and the education to decide um, what really is best for you, because it is such a um, you know, it's, it's such a fragmented, opaque system that we exist in now. Um, it's very confusing. And, and it, frankly, it's very expensive. And you don't have any idea before you've gone in what you're going to pay for something. I mean, there's something inherently wrong with that, right? Um, and and the, the other thing, too, that I always like to share with employers is it's like, look, you know, 5% of your people are spending 50% of claims dollars, you know, 8 to 10% of people are spending 80% of claims dollars, right? So, you have a disproportionately small amount of people that are really truly actually benefiting from your plan. So why would we not want to educate those small number of folks on where they can get access to the best quality care? 
it, it, it's it's it, I mean, I you've heard me say this before because I know we've we've talked many times, but, you know, to me, it's it's criminal that um, that employees and employers don't know these specifics and these details. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I don't want to misquote you, but you've used like examples, I think, before I've seen some of your marketing material, which is incredible, by the way, um, where you talk about uh, uh, what's the example you use like. Yeah, you wouldn't go to a restaurant and just order everything and, and, you know, wait for a bill in the mail and hope that it's right. I mean, am I, am I wrong on that? I, I, whatever your example is, maybe you can clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good example. I, I, you know, that I like to use the other one I, I know you've always, I've heard you mention too, is, you know, the, the smartphone is the, you know, this is the remote control of our lives. Right. So that's, that's the other side of it is that, you know, if we're going to, provide all these kind of resources for your employees. Let's not just hand them a paper packet. Right. And then they've got, you know, a, a, a 45 minute presentation from somebody like me who they don't know. And, uh, and then they're, you know, Hey, all right, see you later. You're, you're on your own. You know, you've got your card in your pocket and, um, you know, go have at it. So, right. um, uh, so, so yeah, no, you're, you're, you're spot on, but I, you know, it's just really introducing a bit of, uh, you know, just additional, information and making it really accessible for people so they don't have to hunt it down when it comes time for a claim right or you know another example we use a lot too is like you know if you've got an open enrollment that's taking place in say you know december what happens when you've got this major claim event or you've got some kind of diagnostic or, or second opinion need in may and you've completely forgotten about whatever we've talked about well anyways point is, is that we've got ways to stay in front of you and stay relevant and not pester by any means um, when you've got those events that do come up throughout the plan year. So, so, so you, you, I mean, look, you went from wearing a newspaper hat in the 1940s to, <laughs> um, to, to probably some odds and ends jobs in between, but then you went to the sure. property and casualty claims world and uh, flash forward, you, you became an entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm excited that, you know, you took that leap of faith, you made that jump. Uh, and I'm sure it's not without hurdles, right? It's not without hurdles. Um, there, are, there are good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks. And, and that's the entrepreneurial journey that anybody who's ever walked in your shoes prior and will in the future, um, they understand there is a sacrifice. Um, you know, what I love that I hear is that you have this passion, this deep desire and passion to really make sure your clients and, and, and customers, your employees, they're your customers, to make mm -hmm. sure they're educated and engaged properly and that they understand the system. Because when you're educated and you understand, uh, right, G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle. Is that G.I. Joe? I don't know. I could be wrong. It, but my, no, it is. Now, it is. Well done. Now, now, now I'm dating myself. But, but he, here's my question, right? Um, if you're on Facebook, you had to, anybody on Facebook have seen this before, right? Um, not MySpace, Facebook, but on Facebook, they have this thing where you can like ask a question to everybody you're connected with. And it's like, um, you know, uh, Hey, I, I need a plumber. Um, does anybody recommend a, a it's always this, a quality plumber at a cheap rate. You can't have it both ways, but that's what everybody's post always says. And it'll say the same thing for a hair salon or a, you know, who's got the best pizza in town. And that's, that's fine. I, I respect that. Right. But where I really cringe is when I see somebody say, and you know where I'm going with this, when they say, um, 
hey, you know, my my mom needs a knee replacement. Does anybody know a good knee surgeon? Um, and everybody responds out of the yin yang, right? Literally, it's 5,000 responses, maybe exaggerating a little bit, but it's 30, 40 responses where it's like, oh, you got to go see Dr. Steve. He's amazing. Nicest guy ever. And everything is about how nice they are and how great the secretary is. Excuse me. I shouldn't say that with all seriousness, um, the receptionist or the front desk worker, right? I know verbiage matters. Um, but it, it never talks about the quality of the surgery. It literally, I mean, I've read it where it's like, yeah, you know, um, I had to go back and have it done a couple of times, but Hey, it, mistakes happen and they're really good and they're nice people. What are you kidding me? So I guess my question is a long winded question, right? I'm a sales guy too. How do you, how do you educate human resource departments? And, and I call them HR superheroes and business owners that that's not, where people should be going for advice on their knee surgery and their and their um and and even worse things like second opinions for cancer um yeah. thoughts ideas yeah well i always i turn it back on them usually is what i do and i say okay well what what happens to you what to use your example what happens when one of your employees comes in and says hey um you know i need to go in for a, a knee replacement and they'll say, okay, all right, well, let's pull up the list and let's look in the network and figure out which doctors are in network. And that's how they do it. And so, you know, now I think I, about I, that, right? Everybody listen and think about that just for a second, right? Yeah. You're literally picking your surgeon based off of a list because they happen to be covered. Well, I mean, that, that would literally be like you only eating in your small city because it's the one diner in town and you have literally no ability to drive three more miles out of your way for a better meal. Like that doesn't, it's absurd. It makes no sense. Well, and, and, the, and usually what I'm kind of driving at there is one, that these provider networks are enormous. They're huge. And so it's like, they can take literally anybody. And here's the other thing that's interesting about these two, these, these networks, is when you do go to do a search, let's say you just typed in, you know, orthopedics or knee replacement, whatever, you know, um, but you typed that in, you could do that and you'll get a list of, you know, let's say 10 guys or whatever, gals, you know, 10 doctors. Um, then you could literally open up another search bar, go to the same, go to the same thing, type it in again, and you'll get 10 different doctors. And they, the, they have to cycle through because they need to evenly distribute the patients among these doctors. So that should be red flag number one. But pe again, people don't take the time to realize that. Also, you know, when you're, uh, just to piggyback on the, the other analogy you just gave of, of, uh, you know, of only going to the diner that's in town, it's like generally they'll only go to one of the two major, because it's usually one or two hospital systems. And okay, well, this place was good. Uh, this place was good because um, I was born there, or you know, like. It, or they or, have. I like the commercial. I saw a billboard that says that, you know says they're number one in town. Who says yeah, who? Exactly, exactly. But there's no like you know there there I, there I suppose there is, but there is really no like Yelp for doctors, right? How you can like rate your doctors? How you can like actually look into 
not just what their bedside manner is. All right. Well, they I mean, have that, but it's pay to play. A lot of that we found, yeah. like there's these reports that, you know, a lot of you may not realize if you're listening, you know, your doctor will literally have on their website that they're ranked as a top doc in 2020 and 2021 and 2019 and 2018. And here's the funny thing that you just don't know. They actually buy that. Literally it's a, there's companies that will call doctor's offices and say, Hey, you're a great doctor. We can give you this award. It's prestigious. And you pay us a thousand dollars and you are now a top doctor. Um, but from a marketing perspective, to be blunt, I'm a marketer from a marketing perspective, it's brilliant for the doctor. I'm good, better, and different. It's brilliant. I'm not saying it's ethical or right, but it is brilliant. Um, law, law, uh, lawyers have the same uh, situation when they call themselves a top lawyer. So um, be careful is my, I guess my point. Anybody listening, oh, be careful. Yeah. And, and so the, the other thing I'll then do after we've kind of we've, I've kind of exposed a little bit of the network story is I'll say, okay, well, what's, what's going to happen? Let's say you called up your insurance company or you called somebody at this network to ask them, you know, you say, hey, look, I found these 10 doctors on your website. I want to know which one is the best. I want to know which one is the worst. And I want to know, you know, what, where, you know, how, what are you doing to evaluate and figure out who, how, how these, how, how proficient these doctors are at their job. And the answer that you're going to get when, if you do that is, well, we can't tell you that's part of our closed door negotiated contract is we can't tell you that we also that just to take it a step further, because I know this will be a follow up question. We can't tell you what they're going to charge you, right? We can't tell you what they're going to actually bill you until you go in and have that service done, or they'll tell you, well, it depends on the insurance card that's in your pocket, right? If you're with one insurance carrier over another, there's going to be a different build rate, you know? And so, um, you know, that's what we can strip away all of that. When we design a plan, um, we can tell you who the highest quality doctors are. And when you opt in and decide to go work with those doctors, rather than just take literally anybody who's in the phone book, um, that's when we can do some really creative things in terms of eliminating copays, deductibles, you know, those types of things. Could you, could you imagine going to a restaurant and saying, Hey, I don't see, I see, it looks great. The, the, it, it sounds fantastic. It reads well on the menu, but you know, how much is the, um, the cheeseburger and a side salad and, and, a, and, a, and a Coca-Cola? Oh, well, sir, it depends. Well, what's it depending on? Well, are you paying cash? Are you paying Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express? Everybody's got their own costs. So, you know, just what do you got in your wallet today? Well, I have a Discover card. Oh, okay. Well, it's going to be X. Well, what if I only use my Visa? Well, then it's going to be Y. What if I pay cash? Well, <laughs> it's a whole nother ballgame. Um, yeah. Could you imagine that? And, and guys, that's what we deal with in the healthcare system. It's absolutely obnoxious. Chris, let me ask you a question. Let me switch gears a little bit, right? So your, um, your, your ideas, I know you have a lot of great ideas yourself, but one thing that I find intriguing is that you're part, uh, we're both part, but we're part of a group uh, called the Next Gen Mastermind, um, where uh, for those of you that don't know the word mastermind, um, yeah, go uh, read the old, a very classic book, Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich. I literally have yeah. it on my bookshelf behind me. Um, but yeah. the idea of a mastermind is... Um, is that, you know, really the bottom line, great minds think alike and, and also don't think alike, which is good in that they come together and they, um, and they pick each other's brains and they talk to each other and share ideas and best practices and strategies. So a lot of your ideas and wisdom um, come 
from your national network. Can you touch on that a little bit? Because I think it's important that when a business owner hires a consultant for healthcare, that they find somebody that, that isn't in their own world, that somebody who is out there in the world um, talking to colleagues and professionals across the country to, to get and glean uh, good advice. Yeah, well, it, it is, it's very important for that. And, um, you, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly helped my, my own professional development and um, has introduced me to a number of other solutions and providers and things like that. But um, I also now have all these partners and who I can bounce ideas off of and that I can work directly with, right? And as Eric mentioned, I'm, I'm out in, in Stillicum, Washington, a um, little outside of Tacoma, and, and Eric's over in, in Baltimore, and yet we're partnered together on, on numerous cases. Um, you know, pretty much any, anything I've done in the last three or four years now, um, Eric's been involved in it. So, um, so at any rate, you know, there, there's a ton to be said for working with the best. And this is why, look, I did, I looked at, at, um, at other groups as well. I looked at other professional development and coaching and things like that. And ultimately, I just kind of came to the conclusion, and this was my conclusion, not, you know, not everybody shares this perhaps, but um, I felt like the next gen mastermind partnership was the best, that they set the standard um, and then that, that everybody else kind of fell in line behind that. But, um, and I mean that not just the program and everything that they're doing, but the people that were associated with it, I just found that it was a much more natural fit for me. And, um, and again, it, it, it now, it, I've got clients who are literally all over the country, whereas I used to just be really in, in Tacoma, Washington and kind of the greater surrounding area of that. But, you know, at this point, I've got, I do, I've got clients all over the country. And so it has really opened up things where I can see that you don't necessarily just need to be an expert in your market only when you've got a strategy or a solution of um, eliminating employees out of pocket expenses while guiding them to the highest quality care. You know, if it doesn't matter if you're in Tacoma or if you're in Rochester, Minnesota, or if you're in Herndon, Virginia, um, you know, just as a, as a point, right? So, uh, there, there's a lot that, that um, I've been able to, to get from that, um, certainly, but I also feel like there's things that I can share with folks that are maybe at a different stage in their career that they haven't necessarily thought of either. And that was kind of eye-opening for me was to realize that it wasn't something about just what I saw it initially was, I need to learn, I need to take, I need to get this, I need to get that. Suddenly, I was in a position right away from the very beginning where it was like, Oh, you're using virtual assistants. Well, tell me how you're doing that. And then suddenly that was like a whole spiral of, you know, people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years were looking to me as an expert on how to beef up their marketing and how to use a virtual assistant and, you know, those types of things. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's, it's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really been a, a nice fit for us. So, uh, no. So you're, I mean, that's the thing that I, I hope all the listeners uh, on this podcast today get from. I mean, the reality is that's not free, right? I mean, you're spending tens oh. of thousands of dollars every single year, yeah. month in and month out, um, on top of uh, additional expense of travel and time is money, travel and time and yeah. food. And, and you do that on your own volition. There's nobody forcing you to do it, but you do it for the betterment of, of sure, yourself and your company. But you also do it for the betterment of your prospects that will meet you and your existing clients once they come aboard, um, because that allows you not to be stale. You know, for forever, 
insurance in our space, the insurance benefits world is famous for, you know, the insurance guy would come take you to dinner once a year, or buy you around a golf once a year. Um, and, you know, shake your hand and say, all right, we're good. You just got your renewal. And I'm so sorry. It was an 18% increase, but I'll buy you another golf this year to make up for it. Um, little do the employers realize or know that if you absorb a six, seven, eight, 10% increase, a 1% increase, any increase is a pay raise for your broker who is winking and nodding and shaking your hand and buying you a steak dinner. Um, what did they do to earn that raise? If they did great stuff, fantastic. But what did they really do other than get an email from an insurance carrier that says, hey, your client got an increase? They have no vested interest, uh, interest to getting you a decrease. Maybe they tell you it's 15% and they negotiate on your behalf. So it's 6%. That's not helping anybody. You're still giving them a pay raise. So I just, um, I love that, that, that you invest in your own business to better your, to better your clients. Uh, and you spend a lot of money for it. Um, well, yeah, but, but and you make a good point is that it, it really, at the end of the day, it, it is ultimately about them. Um, because, you know, look, if, if we're not bringing better solutions to the market, um, we're, we're not going to be in business for very long, right? And so um, what, and that has kind of also, that's dovetailed into this thing about, uh, which you mentioned before, and I forgot to touch on uh, this piece about putting compensation at risk is, you know, yes, it allows us to do that. It allows us to say, look, we believe so wholeheartedly in our solutions that we're willing to take a smaller amount of compensation on the front end to say, look, we're gonna deliver these results on the back end. And if we don't deliver these results, then you're gonna keep that additional fee that you would have otherwise paid us. And you know what happens, Eric, is that every single time um, when we do hit those metrics, they're more than happy to pay us the additional compensation, to pay that performance fee, because one, because we've earned it, and two, because we've saved them so much money in the process and improved their plan so greatly that it it they're 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 completely happy to do it. They're they're wow clients, as our friend uh, Steve Nopleton likes to to say. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Although he would say what client wow client with a big high pitch love you steve um so let me let me dig into a couple things before we wrap up because you got some really cool things happening so for those that don't know chris was um was honored as a top 20 um rising star in insurance employee benefits by employee benefit advisor magazine back in 2019 um and uh there's a reason why uh we've touched on a bunch of them today already um but one of the things that i love too is chris is a true thought leader in the industry meaning um he is asked literally to speak and sometimes paid to speak at industry events all over the country where to be blunt um, from what I gather, these events that you uh, fly to, or if it's virtual, they're riddled with competitors. They're riddled with brokers, advisors in your area and around the country. So in essence, you're speaking, I would use the word training, the, your competition, you're training your competition. So think about that for a second. If you're a prospect of, of, of Chris's or a client, you're literally, you have the guy that's being hired and asked to speak to train the mediocre rest of the world. And that's a compliment to Chris. So Chris, um, do you like doing that? I mean, what's your thought on, on training the competition for lack of a better word? Cause it's an honor, but it still kind of sounds weird. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And so, you know, what, what ends up happening is things come back around, you know, the universe has a way of working. So, you know, one example is, um, you know, because I, I do and I do a lot on LinkedIn, I put a lot of content out, you know, I, I definitely have that's, that's a big part of, of uh, um, you know, my weekly activities, frankly. Um, and some things have happened recently, and you know, some of these are, are these these examples of you know people from other states that are reaching out and want to work with me. But I, I've had it. Uh, I had a broker recently, a guy that's down in um, Utah, reach out. We connected. Um, you know, we've had a few nice conversations and things like that. Um, I've helped him out with some stuff. Well, I got an email from him um, a couple of weeks ago. He says, "Hey, I've got this opportunity up in Washington." Blah blah blah. Like basically, like. Um, I'd love to have you work the case with me, right? So anyways, I don't know if it'll come to anything, but that this, this is an opportunity that happens to be in my backyard that was brought for me to somebody else in another state that we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, again, I think a rising tide lifts all boats. And, and I, you know, for me, it's like, look, with, with the type of work that we do, I can't work with everybody, right? I'm, I'm not looking to add more than a dozen accounts a year at this point, right? We just don't have the bandwidth to really um, to do that. So, um, you know, for, for me, if, if I'm helping people in, in other cities, other states, whatever the case is, um, and at some point, if it comes back around to me, whether it's directly or indirectly, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Life is too short to be keeping score on, you know, who's whose prospect or who's client or, you know, how many sales did I close this week or whatever the, the case is. I just, I, I don't, maybe it's a mistake, but I just don't live my life that way. So. No, it's a, you're, you're right. A rising uh, tide lifts all boats and, you know, to, uh, I think it's a biblical uh, verse, but our friend Ben Connor always says iron sharpens iron. So, uh, so I, I like that approach and, you know, like you're the thought leader, you know, if they, all the folks you're training, quote unquote, uh, for lack of a better term, they're not being asked to speak. You are. So, um, you know, who do you want to work with that guy or, uh, or the guy that actually is doing the teaching. So, uh, kudos to you for that. So listen, as we wrap up two things, one, uh, for those that don't know, Chris, uh, has, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up. Chris has an Amazon best-selling book, uh, next generation healthcare. Um, yep. I got my copy here and he's got one in his background. If you're on the podcast and you're just listening, I appreciate you, uh, uh, as does Chris, but, uh, go check out next generation healthcare available, uh, at, on Amazon, um, or reach out to Chris directly and he'll figure out a way to get you a copy. But, but, but yeah, there you go. But Chris, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time going through the book because frankly, we already discussed the book. If you think about it, because everything we talked about um, earlier about how you want to eliminate out of pocket expense and uh, increase the quality of care, that's all in the book. Um, But what I want to focus time on um, is you're not done. Like you have this uh, journalist major background, you're a writer by trade and you wrote this book and now you're already on to your next one. Although this one's a bit different. Can you shed some light on the new book coming out? Yes, yes. So um, I just finally got uh, I got artwork on it last week. But what I decided to do, and actually I did this even before I joined the mastermind, I started to write um, a, a hero's journey through um, through enrollment or through open enrollment and through a renewal process, if you will. But what I did was I want I I am using kind of a a buddy hero's journey, right? So you've kind of got two heroes that are on the same journey. 
you know, one's kind of more of a, of a, uh, a reluctant hero, if you will, the other one's kind of more of a catalyst hero. Um, and so, um, you know, basically what I did was I paired those two personalities together. One is an HR director, the other is a CFO, and, um, and they go on this hero's journey through a story of how they can um, make healthcare a controllable cost um, at their organization. It happens to be a castle in this story of ours. And, and to take it a step further, I actually made it into a comic book. And so it's, it's a, a 22 page, which is a standard comic book, um, a comic book that's gonna be coming out. Uh, well, I guess it'll be out by the time this, this probably airs. Um, but um, anyways, got all the artwork and stuff back on it last week. And I'm starting to plan out the launch and some of the marketing and things like that around that. Um, but uh, pretty exciting to, to have a, 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 um, a, a comic book that's going to be teaching a business lesson. And, and I think, I mean, look, I'm, I'm probably a little biased and a little too close to it to say this, but I do think it's at the end of the day in an engaging and an entertaining story. And that's really what I wanted to be able to do was tell a story in a way that would engage and, and really that people could potentially have, hopefully have a sense of humor about, because as much as the next generation healthcare book is, is great, it's fantastic. And there's some amazing tips in there. Um, there's something about a hero's journey story that has, um, you know, for thousands and thousands of years has really just spoken to um, human beings and our nature and and how we see ourselves and how we interpret the the environment that we that we live in and so that was really um, that was really the goal behind this um, so you know uh, so anyway so it's only for people that have a sense of humor of course and that uh, uh, and that are interested in going on that uh, on that journey so well I, I, I so creative right you're 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 making insurance and employee benefits uh, fun different, exciting, like, yeah. you know, and that's the other thing too, right? How many of your prospects that you meet all over the country and or existing clients, how many of them can say my benefit consultant, my advisor, my broker, whatever term you want to use, how many of them can say that, um, that they have a broker that has a, a, a best-selling book on healthcare, frankly, um, uh, so that they're the authority on healthcare. And then two, uh, soon to be, or by the time this gets aired, it'll be out, I hope. Um, how many of them can say that my broker has a comic book to bring some levity and fun to it? Um, yeah. You know, it, it, the hero journey comes straight out of um, one of my favorite books um, behind Next Generation Healthcare, of course, uh, yeah. is... Um, is Donald Miller's building a story brand. Um, holding it up, if you're watching the video, if you're on uh, podcast audio, you can't see me, but Donald Miller um, building a story brand, cut, couldn't recommend it more if I tried. And it talks about the hero's journey and making your your client or your customer the hero. So um, kudos to you, man. I'm excited yeah. to uh, and, and get that, a copy. That book that you just held up, that was in part, that was the inspiration for this, right? There so you go. I, read that, I read that book when it very first came out. Um, it was not long after I started GBS, which was in May, June, June of 2016. So a little over five years now. And, um, you know, I had wanted to, to kind of tell this story. Well, then, then what happened was, I mean, talk about life events, right? So I had started my company in, in June of, of 2016. In September of 2016, we found out that my wife was pregnant with our third kiddo, who, and he's, um, uh, he, he wasn't a mistake. He's our bonus baby. So a blessing. Anyway, 
exactly our our bonus blessing but point is is that i started a company and then three months later you know found out my wife was pregnant with number three so anyways you know i was really kind of on this like soul searching journey of my own and you know it's now has kind of manifested in this um in in this in this whole thing but but i so i read that book and that's when i really kicked it into high gear uh back in 2017 um, I shelved that project. I had written about two or three drafts of that, and I had shelved this comic book project to uh, to, to be part of the next generation healthcare um, project instead. So, uh, but then COVID hit last year, and I decided, you know what? I put a bunch of work in on this, and it's still everybody I had I had told about it up to that point was like, dude, you still have to do that. You have to go back to that and finish that that story, finish that project, close that loop, whatever. Um, and so that's, that's what I decided to do. So, um, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, uh, you'll be kind enough to send me a copy, uh, an author edition, a signed copy. I'm excited mm-hmm. to read it. Um, and, uh, uh, I assume it'll be on Amazon. So anybody watching uh, this, assuming it's out already, you'll be able to get your copy on Amazon accurate or not. Yes. Um, and we're also, I believe we're going to make it available on the website too. And which Perfect. is where, where you can find next generation healthcare as well as for as a download version. So Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Um, you have quite the story. Like I said, uh, not everybody takes that leap of faith. That's what makes you a rock star uh, rocking. Of course, uh, you're doing some great things up there in the Pacific Northwest, or as you've taught me the Puget Sound, which I literally had no idea what that meant. So <laughs> I will absolutely follow my own sword accordingly. Um, and uh, uh, in the show notes, we'll of course put how people can reach you. Uh, but real quick, audio wise, do you want to let everybody know your website and where, where they can best place to find you? Yeah, yeah. So my website is uh, gbsbenefitsgroup.com. And I'd say that probably the easiest place to find me other than there would be on LinkedIn. Um, and we didn't even talk about it. I've talked about this on a few other interviews, but uh, I do a hashtag Friday Fable. So every Friday, um, I do a fable story, an Aesop's fable, where, um, uh, you know, anyway, so I, I share a Friday fable. I've got a few other things. Dad jokes have been really popular. That's been a new, new segment this year. What I love about that, though, is you're, you're putting yourself out there. You're being, as my, our friend uh, Ryan Miller would say, you're being authentic, being yourself. Uh, you're a dad. You have dad jokes. I'm a dad. It's what we do, right? Yeah. Um, you, uh, you're into the fable thing, and I love how you're able to tie it into uh, employee benefits and so forth uh, each and every Friday, uh, hashtag Friday fable. So um, uh, that's, that's, I mean, dude, you said it all. I- I'm excited for everybody to hear it. And um, uh, we are good to go. So for everybody behind the scenes here at the Rockstars Rockin' Podcast, because I, I mean, dude, I just show up and hit, hit record. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, so my team behind me, uh, not literally, but my team behind me, um, they're doing all the hard work and lifts. So I appreciate them. On behalf of them and myself, I'm Eric Silverman. This is Chris Wolpert. Uh, this has been another uh, incredible rocking episode of Rockstars Rockin'. And until next week, um, don't just have a great week. What do we say? Make it a great week. Make it a great week. That's right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Rockstars Rocking Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Five stars would totally rock. Until next time, Rockstars, keep rocking.